You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. see you there <clears throat> hello friends welcome to another episode of the wizard factory podcast this is episode nine this titled the thin Bl- the thin blue lie morality for a paycheck and um, this is definitely going to be one of our heavier episodes especially you know in the early stages um, but it's a very very important topic that Brian and I wanted to to get into so um, you know there's a lot of mixed feelings uh, about police maybe not so much in the anarchist community but general you know general worldwide Um, and a lot of that is depending on um, what what level of interaction you've had personally with the police and uh, um, how badly you've been fucked over by them so um you know we're gonna do our best to be very objective today and and really look at a lot of statistics and things and not just you know um spewing hate for the sake of of hate so um basically um we want to let's start by you know defining what is an what is an order follower because essentially that's what a, a cop's job is at the end of the day you can attach all sorts of romantic you know novel ideas about what you think that is or what they what you think they should be but what they actually are by definition so brian do you you want to take that yeah uh absolutely um so an order follower is someone who willfully chooses to take uh action on what they are told to do rather than to act with conscious uh, and use discernment to see whether or not those actions are actually causing harm to other beings, you know, whether or not those actions are actually right and in alignment with cosmic law. So they, in, in, in a nutshell, they do what they are told rather than do what is right. Right, right. Um, I think we could kind of take a look at the word conscience. Um, mm-hmm. It comes from two separate root root words, con, meaning Mm -hmm. together or joined with, and then science, which comes from schiere, which means to know or to have Mm -hmm. knowledge. That's where we actually get the word science from, you know, uh, con science, conscience. Mm -hmm. So what that what that literally means is to be in in alignment or or in conjunction with your your inner knowing, your knowledge, you know. and that that sort of points to the fact that that morality itself is knowable and you know we have those that moral agency the capacity to reason and empathize and come to the conclusion of what is right and what is wrong and um essentially you know by definition a cop is meant to ignore that and 
follow the orders that they are given, whether directly from a superior or following the laws that are written by, again, someone else, someone they probably don't don't even know. And, you know, we already know how messed up the political system is and what is the primary motivation for laws that get passed and stuff like that. Um, you got to be pretty dense to think that they're there for our benefit or anything like that. It's, it's all just... Um, you know, an extortion racket to to see how much they can get out of people before they, you know, go crazy and, you know, revolt or go on a shooting rampage or something like that. I had a couple uh, things that came up here um, that we can mention. Uh, one, you know, I'd like to mention that uh, obviously at one point, uh, Logan and I had both been order followers you know, um, not as mm. police, but we were both in the military in different branches. Um, so this is something that like, when we speak about this, we're speaking from experience of having been, uh, in these cults at one point and like went through the, the mind control and experience and seen it firsthand as well. But then also after taking years of life experience to unpack those experiences and, and continually doing so, uh, bringing that knowledge to this as well. But something you said about conscience, I got a really big hit. Uh, uh, the Kanajrin came up for me. Ooh, oh, man. Together. What is Kanaj all about? It's the knowledge of having not only the intellectual knowledge, but to have the ability and lastly, the right to do so. Absolutely. And they're lacking their kanaj. And very interesting, those two words are, you know, phonetically, they sound very similar, conscience and kanaj. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, and knowledge, knowledge, kanaj, very yeah. similar. Yeah, and then interesting. The, the kanaj rune is actually made up of an Isa rune. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, the letter K that begins the word knowledge is an Isa rune with a kanaj. So basically, mm -hmm. it's you, you're the, the Isa, the individual, the I. And then the kinaj, you're 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 connected to it again, connected with knowing conscience. Yeah, where you where you meaning? So yeah, that's the translation. No, I meant the letter K. That oh, begins okay. the word knowledge. Oh, okay, okay. It's Isa with the kinaj. Oh, okay. I got you. Sorry, I was. <laughs> I totally missed this. to be there for a second. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Um, so. Um, just for the sake of provoking thought in perhaps a way that, you know, uh, the audience might not have, have um, considered before, we wanted to con compare that, that definition of an order follower with the definition of a psychopath. And I know that that definitely sounds like a little bit extreme, but just, just hear me out. Um, first of all, it's kind of hard to track down like an exact you know, uh, unanimous uh, definition of a psychopath, but there are definitely these certain kind of staple commonalities that, so we, you know, we picked one that seemed to really like encompass the general idea. And it says antisocial personality disorder, essentially psychopaths are interspecies predators who lack empathy, are highly narcissistic and lack the ability to form meaningful social relationships. Um, and and on the on the surface that might sound a little bit like different than than what we said, but um, if you unpack each one of those aspects, 
you can kind of see how eerily similar that is to what it is to be a, a police officer. First of all, an interspecies predator. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways we could sort of identify them as such. First of all, they have their own um, names for being an officer versus a civilian, which that was not always the case, being that civilian is more of a military term. And it's, you know, it's again, it's, it's creating this separation between us and them, you know, the normal people. It, and it also kind of has the implication that you have special rights that other people don't have, you know, special authority. And also, you know, there's other aspects of, of that predatorial nature where, um, you know, they, they do kind of camouflage themselves in a lot of ways, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but so it says who lack empathy? Well, first of all, if you are in your left brain and you're cut off from that, that empathy, the right brain side of things, that means you're trapped in your lower brain, which is the reptile, the, the R complex, the reptilian brain. There is no empathy. It's a purely survival, you know, uh, mm -hmm. modality of consciousness. And so you're, you're literally not connected to the, the divine feminine and your ability to, uh, to empathize with people. And you, you can't, you know, you can't do your job and, and follow the orders of, you know, enforcing the law if you're empathizing with people, you know, and, and you can tell cops are often conflicted with, you know, with that thing. Like you can tell they, they kind of don't really like it sometimes, but they're just like, but I just got to do it because it's my job. And, you know, um, it says they're highly narcissistic. Brian, would you like to uh, expand on that aspect of the definition? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's one of the things, you know, with psychopaths, they're, they're totally identified with their, their own ego. Mm -hmm. uh, like the God complex. Point, absolutely. So much so that they will do all sorts, you know, it doesn't matter what it is that they, they actually like trying to get over on people because it, it will actually release uh, adrenaline in their brain and their adrenaline junkies essentially. So when they get over on somebody, um, whether it's from like a simple little lie to, you know, the more complex, the bigger the fix, you know? Right. And, and that's what they're all about. Um, so then they I, identify and, and th this brings them into a state of narcissism where they're constantly violating other people to do what they want and to boost their own ego to, you know, um, try to justify their own story and their own narrative to themselves. Uh, and you know, we can, we can see from that, they then lack the ability to form meaningful social relationships. So obviously, you know, they don't have the empathy that you were talking about, um, cause that's what's needed to have meaningful social relationships. If you only give a fuck about yourself to the point that you're an extreme narcissist, you know, uh, you know, to the point of even leading into psychopathy with certain, you know, certain people who go into this profession. Um, you can see that obviously those people, they don't have an ability to actually form proper human connections. The only human connections they form are they, they will form connections so they can use people, not so they can actually have a meaningful uh, connection. And that's what's the difference about psychopaths and getting back to that they are an interspecies predator. Um, uh, a great author 
uh, and researcher who has uh, some great books on this is Thomas Sheridan, uh, his book Puzzling People, and then also uh, Labyrinth of the Psychopaths. Those are um, those are really great books to check out on the subject, and it gets into a lot of the techniques that they use um, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think and then very interesting. Yeah, on, uh, more on the, the 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 meaningful social re- relationships aspect of it, kind of. Um, you know, for one thing, uh, there's reason that that people who are friends with cops are either other cops who are in their gang or people who are suffering from severe Stockholm syndrome, where they feel like, you know, they have something to benefit from getting in good with a cop in case they need to get out of, you know, a situation or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you also look at how police departments are constantly running like PR campaigns to try to save face, you know, and they're doing mm-hmm. these stupid little pr- pranks where they pull people over with coercion to give them a Thanksgiving turkey or, or, you know, give them an iPad or something like that. It's like, oh, see, we're humans. <laughs> see, you know, it, it's so contrived. And obviously they're compensating for the damage control. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people just eat that up, but I, I see right through it and like get mm-hmm. out of here. Well, it's all paid for with stolen money anyway. You know, like think <laughs> about that, like someone who actually went and violated another person, stole their money and then went and bought them a gift and like, oh, look how fucking nice I am. <laughs> like that's psychopathic behavior. That's what a psychopath would do. That is very um, narcissistic for sure. You know, that that's why we're that's why we're tying and, and looking at these two because um and especially, you know, from from my own personal experience um, you know, in the military, you know, in the Marine Corps especially um there's definitely uh, psychopaths around i know myself when i joined was acting from uh, a place of rage and i've said uh before for sure i joined that that was a way of a place i knew i could go where i could uh act out on that rage and then you know uh get rewarded for it you know because then you get that whole you know where everybody kind of like oh you know thank you you know they they uh they appeal to your ego, to your own narcissism, you know, and when you're stuck in that mindset, you know, that you will, you will gravitate towards those things. Um, so I think that's very interesting to look at and talking about, uh, psychopaths, one of the, the big techniques that they use, uh, is known as gaslighting and, uh, gaslighting, uh, if you're not familiar is, a technique where a, one person will lie to another to to the extent that the, the the lie will be so outrageous that the person who's being lied to eventually will then even believe that outrageous lie so for example you know uh i could be telling you know logan and i could be looking at two different colors and you know the color is actually green but i tell him uh no that's red to the point that you know like no you're crazy like you must be colorblind you know right to the point that he would then actually believe it, that I would have then gaslighted him. So, you know, and that's what's constantly happening. Uh, and you're gonna, we're gonna see this term come up a lot in this talk here. Uh, so I encourage you to go uh, research it yourself, familiarize yourself with it, um, and look into this. Um, because when you can start seeing these techniques, you can realize how uh, the entire control, uh, control structure, sorry, um, is built using these. Um, and not just with um, the police that we're talking about with the subject, but you know, throughout um, the entire system, we can see these, but we're just focusing on this 
this mm -hmm. one uh, niche of order followers specifically in this talk. Right, and I, I wanted to add a little bit on that too because, um, you know, there's so many parallels between what government uh, and religion do with the hallmarks of the psychopath on an individual basis. So you might have some of these people that you know personally in, in your life that, that do these things that are individual, you know, narcissists and psychopaths or, or, or sociopaths. Um, but, but then, you know, the more you learn about the psychology of those archetypes, the more you realize just how much that's being done to people on a mass scale. And that's why it's so very important to, to really look into this stuff and, and study because then you're coming from a place of empowerment, taking it back to our in, empower, inspire, encourage is that, you know, you need to have, be empowered with the knowledge to uh, not only know yourself, but know your enemy so that you can properly navigate the experiences in life. And, you know, thinking about the concept of, of gaslighting, you can see that that really only works on a very disempowered person because the, the person that's being gaslighted, it's working on them because they're not standing in their own truth. They're allowing somebody else's imposition of truth onto them to trump and crumple their own inner resolve. And then, you know, they're, they're buying into it. And then they, they're basically burying themselves in their own, their own inner, inner voice. And, that, you know, and the longer over time, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and they're gaslighting all the time, it takes a long time if you get out of that relationship to get your voice back because you're, you've, you don't even know what's real anymore. Your sense of truth and discernment has been so stifled and just shoved in the corner in a dark recess of your mind. It takes a long time to get that back. I've, I've been through that myself. <clears throat> and it, re it really does take some time to heal from that. Uh, you had a great point there that I think you're hitting on. And it, uh, you know, for me, the Thurusajarun came up, you know, you know, which is, you know, all about being able to have healthy boundaries and healthy boundaries is something that not only would the person that's being a victim of gaslighting not understand, but the person who's doing the gaslighting doesn't understand mm -hmm. is both of them, you know, one person's allowing their boundaries to be violated. The other person is violating other people's boundaries. They're just different manifestations of the same problem, you know, a source problem, which is not having a healthy boundary. Um, and right. this is something obviously that police uh, have a huge fucking problem with. Let's be very clear about yeah. it. They have no understanding of what a proper boundary is because their entire profession is based on violating them. Right. You could look uh, at it like the the victim's boundaries aren't big enough and the uh, predator's boundaries are too big that are encroaching on other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And getting it back, you know, with, you know, looking at psychopaths, what are they? They're interspecies predators. Their, their existence is all about violating the boundaries of others. So mm -hmm. you can see why psychopaths, you know, will gravitate towards uh, this field. This is one of the, the top fields that psychopaths will actually gravitate towards. Uh, it's number seven, I, I believe. Uh, there's also lawyers on there, um, media, uh, CEOs, because that's, you know, that's another huge field that you see it in with them. CEOs and like Wall Street or big companies and stuff. You see a lot of uh, psychopaths gravitate towards that because it allows, it gives them a position that they can use to then uh, influence and dominate other people to get what they want. So 
Um, we see them in a lot of fields, but uh, tying it in with the police, and, and this isn't, you know, something that, uh, you know, you can go look this up. You know, when you do research on psychopaths, it's a very well-known thing. You can go right to, um, uh, you know, the FBI resources and things like that, and, you know, this information is readily available to be found. So we encourage you to look at that. Um, but let's look at maybe some of the examples of gaslighting here, because, you know, th this is a, a big thing, I think, to, to observe when you, when you realize what, what the behavior is and how fundamental it actually is to the profession. Um, the first big one is that they're here to help. Right. What, what, right. A so then, what a huge crisis. So you're, you're feeling a fear, you're feeling a fear response to their, you know, threat of violence. And then they're telling you, oh, why are you nervous? You know, mm -hmm. I'm here to help you. You know, that's gaslighting you because they're trying to tell you there's something wrong with you for fe feeling nervous and fear fearful about it. Right, exactly. Um, and again, that goes back to boundaries. They feel like that, you know, they should be allowed to violate whoever. And then if they feel nervous because someone's violating them, that means that person was in the wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, you know, I've watched a lot of like, you know, checkpoint videos and stuff like that, where people are interacting with cops. And that's something they say a lot of like, mm -hmm. you know, why, why do you seem so nervous? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a way like, to um, because you have a gun and I'm not sure what you're going to do to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, another example would be like, you know, seatbelt laws. That's a, that's a good way to play out or any victimless crime out there where there's no one being hurt and they, Oh, you know, we just want you to be safe, but we're, you know, we're going to write you this ticket. So, right. <laughs> that, that's really, yeah, we're gonna... so, we're so concerned with your safety that <laughs> if you don't, you know, take the, pro the uh, our premeditated, you know, uh, measures for safety. We're going to threaten you with violence and, and extort money from you and throw you in a cage if you don't pay because we care about you. You know, we want you. Right. We we want the you know your well being in in mind or whatever. It's Absolutely, total it's, bullshit. Right, exactly. Um, and again, anyone with an actual conscience would would know that by mm -hmm. common sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, another uh, thing to look at, too, is that the type of people um, that police departments tend to look at is they, they don't really look for um, intelligent people. Um, there's a court case uh, people could look at known as uh, Jordan versus the city of New London. And this was a case out of New York um, where a applicant to the to the police force uh, took their IQ test. Uh, got a 33 on that test, which was just the, the scoring system for that specific test, not his actual IQ number, but he scored a 33 on the test. Uh, they rejected him because they were only looking for applicants between the range of, I believe it's like 20 or 22 up to 27. So he had scored, wow. you know, like six points too high. Um, and then was rejected because of that. He then took it to, the, uh, to court, lost the case uh, because it wasn't just him. They had discriminated against that for, that was a standard and their official reason mm. for that was that uh, more intelligent people would get bored with the job and that they would quit and waste valuable money on training and things like that. But when we can really delve into it, we could see, you know, when they're wanting people who aren't, don't have the ability to, you know, to really tap into a, a higher intellect or people who, th those people are a lot easier to sway and think is, you know, tying it back to the trivium mm. process or the disempowered you know, state of being where you don't have the proper knowledge, that proper cunage. Well, 
right there, your whole process can be manipulated off of that because you can only make decisions based off of the knowledge and understanding that you have, you have the ability for. Mm. So yeah, it's the principles that don't have the ability. Boom, they're easy to control, and they do exactly what they're told without thinking, which is exactly what they want order followers to do. I mean, look at the order follower. That's what they do. They do what they're told without thinking. Mm-hmm. It comes back to the principle of mentalism. You know, mm-hmm. the, what it, they want the right kind of state of mind going in in the initiation mm-hmm. process of of their cults. Absolutely. Um, you know, and another big point we could look at here is uh, friends of the cult using the cult, you know, to uh, push their will and use violence against uh, people. And this is something I'll get into a little bit that I actually just had a personal experience with, um, where uh, there was a neighbor who uh, he's just a um, I won't get into it too much, but just say at least just a very sad self-loathing person. It tends to be one of the people that will just go and uh, try to start conflict with people who don't even talk to him. I, I haven't even spoken with the guy in over a year and I've lived at this place, been buying this property for about three years now and had uh, my four, uh, my four pit bulls out here with me the entire time. In fact, even before this guy moved here um, and they've always been in their own pens. There's never been a problem. Uh, with them or anything they're always very well taken care of uh but he found out that there was an ordinance uh against pit bulls in that county and he happens to be friends with the local uh sheriffs and police so he then used them to try to come and and mess with me and they showed up you know then threatening to you know told me i had like they'd be back the very next day and you know um obviously that they would violate me and you know uh kill or take my dogs if they uh, if they were still here. So then I had like less than 24 hours to figure out how to get, you know, four really big, you know, uh, very thick pit bulls, you know, uh, to places where they could be safe and luckily found a, uh, an animal rescue that's going to board them for me until I can move. But I'm having to then go through the whole process of, of being able to move just so I can have, um, my family members with me. And this is something we're going to do a separate little episode about where we'll get into it more, um, and, you know, going to be, uh, we, we have some interesting things that we're going to be transmuting out of this situation, mm-hmm. but just the fact that, um, people who also can be psychopaths and extreme narcissists that enjoy violating the rights of the others can then use that authority, the, the police have, you know, if they're friends with them to then actually go and violate, you know, people that they want. And the police, you know, showed up more than willing to do that. You know, the day they showed up, they definitely showed up in force uh, and and not, you know, necessary. And luckily I had the dogs gone. So all I had to do, do was tell them to get the fuck off my property and go fuck themselves. And then they, they left. But, um, you know, it's a, you know, it's sad to see that, you know, people will do that. But when you have a system that has this, where some people have special rights and it's their entire job and there's laws that allow them to do that and give them that bullshit excuse they fucking want. They, they can then use that to, it just leaves a, a big open, um, a big open opportunity for people to be able to violate other people's rights and then get away with it. And that, that's something a psychopath would love. 
because what else would they love for an entire society to be so gaslighted to the point that it's legal and it's okay for some people to violate other people and then be seen as as good good people for that that it's a totally insane state of mind to operate from but unfortunately that's where most of society is sitting at right so it takes a coward to call the cops as well because yes. obviously your neighbor didn't have the balls to come mess with you or try to make you you know mess with your dogs or or whatever mm-hmm. you never be you know in a million years think of doing that himself mm-hmm. so he called the he called the game mm-hmm. right absolutely absolutely um so you know like i said you know this is something that we'll we'll do uh, i'm still you know been dealing with it and still dealing with it we're going to actually do a another little kind of episode just about that yeah. um basically just to throw this out there brian is is uh more or less forced to to move so that he can keep his family together uh all because this douchebag couldn't mind his own fucking business and and just live and let live mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying just because he had you know a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, and some people they they will just do that you don't even have to do anything to them like i said i um i'm i'm pretty kind of you know keep to myself person uh spend most of my time uh studying and things like that um and i hadn't even exchanged words with the guy in like over a year or anything like that i don't even mm-hmm. uh, look at him when he drives by you know there's uh some people will just they they have to distract themselves you know with something and and again they get off that adrenaline rush of getting over on someone that's you know that's an interspecies predator that's what they they do and like they can come in all sorts of different um professions and sizes they can they can be anybody but you know it's just people who lack empathy and will do things just so they can get what they want but uh you know another thing that you know obviously we're using the word cult um here uh and you know obviously from personal experience i can absolutely say that um being an order follower you know that it's the same as being a cult member uh when you look at cults and how they operate it's it's the exact same in in how they have hierarchical structures um but some of the techniques that they do is they use isolation uh conformity indoctrination through repetition and trauma and i think we can break each of these down a little bit um, specifically, you know, just speaking from, uh, you know, personal gnosis here, you know, one of the things that happens when you obviously go to basic training or boot camp, you know, depending on which service that you're going into or you're going into, you're obviously isolated. Mm-hmm. You're then put into a place where everybody is wearing the same uniform. It's all about conformity. Like, it, you know, that's it, the whole military police. It's all about conformity. That's why they're all wearing the, the same uniform. You know, they're enforcing the same laws, you know, uh, you could go on and on and on with that. Um, indoctrination through repetition, that's one thing that, you know, was very huge, obviously, in uh, basic training is they will have a lot of uh, cadences or little phrases and things that you'll say all the time. You know, things are constantly being drilled in over and over and over again um, to the point that it just becomes, uh, it just becomes like uh, a muscle memory is what they tell you. But what's really happening is you've been got it to the point that it's in the subconscious mind. So, so deeply in there, you'll just act from it and you don't really have to think about it. Um, 
and that's you know that's it's the purpose of the mind control you got to push it the, that message deeper and deeper and deeper to where it gets to the subconscious and the unconscious mind and it totally consumes and controls a person um and then it becomes that you know that giant gorilla we've talked about before um hmm. and obviously you know um trauma is a is a very big technique um people who are drawn to calls tend to be people who are traumatized already um so they psychopaths will play on that because those people are disempowered and they're easier to manipulate and push towards their will they're not coming from a proper state of knowledge um so and then during the actual process they'll they'll you know by playing on that trauma they will be inducing more and more trauma gradually getting more and more intense as a way of shattering the psyche because you have to shatter the psyche and then rebuild it back up it, it's a dark alchemical process and, mm. and they tell you this while they're doing it to you <laughs> they'll tell you that you know I, I shared a quote you know in our uh, the talk we did on the um healing the wounded warrior um you know that they told you know it took your parents 18 years to fuck you up and you know now we have to unfuck you in three months it's that that idea that you know we're going to break you down and then build you back up. They, they tell you that over and over. Um, mm -hmm. And yet you just kind of go along with it. And that's because it's mind control and that's how that works. But it can only work on someone coming from a place of being disempowered. Um, is there anything you'd like to riff on that? I think you did a really good, uh, <laughs> um, you know, looking at that. Um, you know, that I think studying the cult mentality and the techniques um, is another one of those things, like I said about gaslighting, where it, it, you can really stand to benefit pretty much across the board by by uh, educating yourself on this, because it, it's 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 everywhere. It's prevalent all over the place. And guess what? Again, if you're not empowered with that knowledge, there's a good chance you might be falling for that yourself. And you are, right. in fact participating in a cult of some kind and don't even know it until you start, you know, recognizing those, those patterns. It's all about pattern recognition. That's what consciousness actually is. Mm -hmm. So the more you raise your awareness, you start seeing, Oh, I've seen this before. You know, I, I recognize this. I recognize this. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll talk about uh, other culture in, in future episodes. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, we've got some, some other juicy stuff, uh, in the future to come out with, but getting but, uh, back to this, uh, you know, you, you had a really, uh, good point. Um, when we were doing our brainstorming Logan about, um, uh, it's, a you know, it's okay, uh, to feel nervous, but don't feel guilty. Would you right. kind of like want to break that down a little bit? Yeah, I mentioned this, um, it, it just popped into my mind because, uh, you know, I, I had recently watched uh, uh, Larkin Ro one of Larkin Rose's talks that he gave at Anarchapoco this year called Guilt-Free Freedom, I believe is what it's called. Mm. And, and, you know, he said something that I thought was really profound that really relates to this whole aspect of gaslighting and everything is like, it's, it's very understandable uh, to feel nervous if there's a cop around or if the, you're being kind of like, you know, say you you might have gone, been going a little fast and you just passed a police officer and you feel your heart rate go up or something like that. Or maybe you got a little bit of bud in your car, um, you know, something like that, some some shroom shrooms or something. And you're like, oh, uh oh, you know, you know, 
but that's the thing though you know that you're not causing harm to anyone so your your conscience is correct because you know that you're not actually doing anything wrong so it's one thing to feel nervous because guess what they have guns they have the authority the legal right right in quotations um to initiate force up until killing you if you do not comply with what they're you know trying to make you do but don't you dare feel guilty for breaking a law that has nothing to do with morality because that means that the gaslighting is working and that they've actually made you believe that you're doing something wrong just because you're not obeying the violent you know uh demands of our ruling class you know it's absolutely ridiculous man that's a that's such a great point there uh it it, it reminds me of like a situation where in like an abusive relationship uh, where the you know the person that's being abused is the one that actually feels guilty you know mm-hmm. rather than the the person who's actually doing the abuse i i've talked to quite a few friends of mine that have been in 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 actively in abusive relationships mm-hmm. and you know i can see what's going on plain as day but they're so in denial you know i try to drop gentle little hints about you know maybe that's not the healthiest thing and things like that uh but ultimately they have to figure it out for themselves but i've seen this time and time again where they're just like um yeah you know anytime i get emotional he he yells at me or you know makes you know like makes me go in the other room or something like and then and then rather than say you know that's that's horrible he shouldn't do that they say but it's it's true i can be a little crazy sometimes and they start it's that's them believing the lie that's been imposed on them they're like mm-hmm. you know i know i can be a little i get out of, i get a little out of line sometimes you know that sort of thing it's like it, you know man you could relate this a lot of ways because it's almost like taking it back to the the christian concept of original sin it's yeah. like um this this double standard of you can't possibly be perfect but yet i'm going to hold to hold you to the standard of perfection you know what i'm saying um it's like yeah you can get a little a lot out of out of line because you're a fucking human being you know no one is perfect and that's a reflection of that god complex where that the narcissist person is perfect and can do no wrong and all they can do is point out all your little flaws because that's what they're they're never going to look at themselves they would be dead before they ever admitted wrongdoing on themselves but they will tell you how you're messing up all day long and make you feel like the most trash human being for it you know you can it's a double standard you know and that's mm-hmm. you see that all the time absolutely um and no, then, that's and, such oh, an i could tie that to how like no, go for it. no the, the government example of that um they're they're always pulling people over for victimless crimes they're always citing people they're making up laws on the fly like you know i'm i'm arresting you for resisting arrest like that doesn't even make sense meanwhile when they break their own laws they you know they go against the constitution or they act you know they kill somebody or something like that who didn't even have a gun they investigate themselves and determine oh we didn't do anything wrong no we're perfect and flawless we can't possibly we're the government you know we're perfect we're wholesome um you know it's it's just the people the the big scary world out there and this is why you need us right yeah you need us to keep you safe a giant thin blue lie (laughs) 
then we'll just gaslight the, 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 <laughs> the entire the entire system is is built up on you know this giant you know lie um, and gaslighting because ultimately we have to look at who are the enforcers that actually mm-hmm. help bring the system into existence well it's the order followers you know you're not going to see a politician come knocking on people's doors uh right they're even they're even more cowardly you know um and you know this is some the the next thing uh i'd like to look at here is that you know one of the things they're they're trained to do is that they're trained to escalate situations Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a standard technique um, because then, you know, obviously the more escalated the situation, the more potential charges, uh, the longer they can keep people in cages and the more revenue they bring in because that's, that's what their job is. They're, they're revenue collectors. Um, they're essentially, you know, uh, road pirates was on, you know, if we actually look at, you know, what pirates were uh, originally that, you know, that's really what they are is they, they just go around and uh, pull people over and extort them and, enforce laws and uh steal their booty right um so you know when we can we can see this and you know some some of the police departments and this isn't all across the board but a lot of police departments will actually go to israel to train with the idf uh Mm. to learn things like crowd control tactics uh and things like that um so they're getting this militarized training uh, and we've seen obviously since um the events of 9 11 and you know over you know the period of time that you know we've been really growing up you know because we were you know you, both you both you and i were uh younger children when that happened and, and we, you know we've really grown up with the consequences of it we've seen this militarization of the police and um their equipment you know how they're presenting themselves how they interact with other people the amount of uh, actual violence they're using against people um and you can look this up statistically that you know they now they kill people very regularly now mm-hmm. um where it didn't you you know it wasn't so much the case um if you look more you know in the di- you know in the distant past um it wasn't nearly as um open and you know Math on such a massive scale as it is now, um, right? You could almost look that like their equipment in and of itself is a form of gaslighting because it's they're, yes. they're basically saying you're so dangerous that we need to be basically a standing army to protect ourselves from you. Ooh, that that's a great <laughs> that's a great point. And what are they always saying? Oh, this this war on cops, but nobody's showing up at the fucking police department. And, you know, harassing, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, with guns and uh, we're not pulling over police and, you know, if, if it's a war, let's, let's take out. a look at who looks most warlike here. Okay? Right. Is it, is it us, the civilians, or is it the people rolling around in tanks and freaking Kevlar and mm-hmm. grenade launchers? Right. Who's the uh, war on? Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, it's very interesting, you know, and looking at this term civilians, you know, what, what does that mean? It's, um, something that's interesting to learn in, in my experience, you know, um, in the Marine Corps, they, they use this term, uh, civilians or they call it civvies for short. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this way of, you know, out in public and when they're act, when they're interacting with civvies, they, there's this, the, the idea that, oh, you know, we're, we're the ones that go sacrifice ourselves to protect you and give you your rights. And, you know, all these other false premises and beliefs that you, you believe when you're an order follower and civilians um, are just the helpless little children that need right protecting. right and but in private when you look at them you look at them with like disgust 
you know, I know in the Marine Corps, you know, they, they, that one of the terms they would always use is fat fucking civilian. They're fat fucking cities. You know, they're fat and disgusting or heinous. Heinous was a big one uh, in basic training, you know. Um, that's how they describe those people. You know, so. That's how they describe you and me. Right, right. Yeah, exa- exactly. I, I guess when, um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever. I meant, I meant you as the viewer. And right, right. And I brought Right. Uh, but whenever uh, you're doing that, what you're doing is it's, it's a form of using euphemisms to separate yourself, to make people look at like they're a separate class. There's something separate and below you that they need your almighty protection. You're boosting that narcissism, that God complex, that savior complex. And, you know, we know where that comes from, you know, uh, <laughs> so. When we see that, you know, that's something psychopaths love. They love to have the people that they're abusing look up to them like they're they're, they're the best savior around. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's Stockholm yeah. syndrome. It's and it's dehumanizing. It's Absolutely. it's you know, you can't coming back to what it is to be an order follower to to be unable to empathize with your victims. That's what's keeping you separated. And so, if you call them something else you're dehumanizing them. You're separating them from, you know, we're not all the same human family. There's us and them. And so it's okay to do what we're doing to them. Yes. And it also by default is, um, enforcing the belief of social Darwinism and, you know, um, you know, the exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so when we look at this, you know, I think we can see that obviously their jobs depend on crime. So they will help make crimes to obviously keep the need for them to be around. Right. To uh, validate their own existence, basically. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and when we can look, see, we look at, um, for example, like fire departments, um, you don't see them out there starting, starting fires, you know, to go put it out and then, you know, um, say, you know, have everybody look and say, oh, look at how awesome we are, you know, yeah. um, or paramedics aren't out there beating the shit out of people and then like, you know, giving them CPR and saving their life and then saying, oh, <laughs> yeah, we're such a nice fucking guy. Yeah. It seems insane, but that's what the fucking police do. But they do shit like that where they violate and harm people and then make it seem Protecting like they're the, same. the shit out of you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, there's actually a, there's a really silly movie that I, I enjoyed watching when I was younger called Mystery Men. And mm-hmm. it's, it's about the, this like kind of super, um, uh, what's the word? Like misfit group of wannabe superheroes. They don't really have powers, but they, they kind of have, you know, delusions of grandeur. But then there's this <laughs> other guy who actually is a superhero. He has like a jet pack and he can kick ass and stuff like that named Captain Amazing. Right in the beginning of the movie, um, you know, he just got done, you know, beating up these, these bad guys that were, uh, um, you know, terrorizing a nursing home. And he's like yelling at his, uh, his agent, about the press like being like oh yeah that's great copy amazing tramps in a nursing home yeah that's real impressive or whatever he's like where's all the super villains and his agent tells him well you pretty much defeated all the bad guys 
and he, and so he's realizing he kind of put himself out of the job by but you know everyone's either dead or gone crazy or in a you know in in jail or whatever and so what does he do he actually pulls some strings to get his greatest nemesis of all times released from prison so that he has a, a bad guy to fight again because his ego is suffering think about it the egotism he's like oh i, I need this sense of you know like i'm the hero i need to be that so he actually gets he, he unleashes a dangerous criminal back into the wild just so he has a sense of purpose again just mm -hmm. think about that you know for a second yeah very you know uh, very interesting and one we can see that play out in the court systems look at how you know people who are in there for victimless crimes will get huge amounts of uh time on sentences but then people who are actually like uh rapist, you know, rapist and violent and like that they will get simple sentences or just a slap on the wrist and then get put back out there in society. Well, right. I, you know, uh, catch and release. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and it's keeping the predators out there because what, what does that do? It keeps all the prey in that mindset of being afraid, which allows other mm -hmm. predators to come in and say, Hey, you know, what is that? It's the Hegelian dialect problem, reaction, solution. Mm -hmm. Wolf, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Absolutely. You know, oh, let's, yeah, let's put a wolf in charge of guarding the hen house. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, something we can look at here um, is, you know, getting back to, you know, the fundamental of, uh, and especially here in the United States, um, what, what the police are actually doing. And we can look at what prisons actually are and that they're private corporations, the privately owned corporations that operate for profit, uh, Feel free to go do your own research and look that up. This is how they operate. Uh, it's modern slavery. We're you talking know, about uh, billions of dollars. Right. You know, they're, they have prisoners make uh, all sorts of uh, different goods and things for sale for just absolute, you know, what would right. be, slave, you know, just shit slave wages. Slave labor. And yeah. they literally, you know, these people are living in a cage and a lot of them in there are, are in there for, you know, things they didn't even uh include because this is something we haven't mentioned but you know when people they get falsely accused or convicted of a crime that they didn't really do or they were framed for you know by the officers you know they had drugs planted on them or something like that uh whatever the case may be and then they end up actually going to one of these places and losing you know uh years even decades of their life and then it only coming out later right. oh yeah the police right but then you know the people who did that never actually face any charges or anything you know yeah um, and that's not even that's not even to mention the the overwhelming majority of people in prison are there for nonviolent crimes in other right. words there was no victim it was a you know just you know a corporate type of infraction or whatever and you know knowing what we know about morality they have no right to be in a cage at all i'd be willing to guess i don't have the numbers here but if you looked at that those you know the statistics that we would probably only have maybe five to ten percent of the prison population that we have now if we only were ca caging people that were actually harming people mm -hmm. so just yeah. think about the billions and billions of dollars that these companies are making these private prison companies and just think about the the amount of lobby power that they have and how that it translates to legislation that keeps people getting incarcerated at a much higher rate you can i mean it's so plainly obvious if you think just use basic rationale to look at this 
but it's a it's a psychopathic system the, the entire thing um and you can see different players in it because you know other fields that you know obviously psychopaths gravitate towards just like lawyers judges uh politicians you know uh, media um, mm-hmm. people um you know all these these are all fields that they can go and they can use to manipulate but these are all major players in how the system of control is actually built and operated you know in our reality field right and the media, they're the biggest gaslighters of them all, too. Right. Absolutely. That's the they, actual they, mouthpiece. Right. Because they play the role of, you know, helping promote all the, you know, this illusion of what right. the police really are. Um, but right. you had mentioned um, in our little pre-talk uh, about uh, the real Rick Ross um, and uh, things like that. That's, you know, kind of a very interesting thing to get into. And it ties back with what we were talking about, how they have to. Uh, their job depends on crime, so they have to actually create crime. Uh, yeah. So would you like to explain that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I can touch on that. Um, you know, just briefly to get get the information out there. Basically, uh, you know, you can. There's plenty you can look into this on your own. But basically, uh, we're not talking about that that fake ass rapper Rick Ross. Where the real, you know, he got his name from. There was a real uh, another guy named Rick Ross that was uh, just a regular you know, drug dealer, a crack dealer. And, um, basically the government, the CIA was running a, a, a black operation, giving him copious amounts of supply of drugs and pushing crack and other, uh, you know, narcotics in black poor neighborhoods and mm-hmm. basically cr- creating a, you know, a black crime epidemic way worse, you know, than it was. And, you know, obviously the CIA, that's how they f- they fund their secret operations and things like that and, you know, uh, launder their money and all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, like if the, how is the government going to wage a war on drugs? Meanwhile, they're the ones that are actually the biggest drug pushers of them all. There's your gaslighting. There's your narcissism mm-hmm. right there accusing it's victim of the very shit that they're doing way on a mass scale, you know, mm-hmm. way worse. And, and you can, and you can see that that's, that's a, you know, even it's spiritual warfare. Cause you know, what happened to those, uh, you know, communities and things, you know, it's a, it's not only a, a way of exploiting them to get energy and, you know, money and revenue out of it, but you're also breaking up families, you know, entire generations of people you're destroying lives, killing people. I mean, it, it's, it's warfare on on every level and this is something you know that that is done regularly and it's that's obviously not the only case of it um you know you this is something you can go and look into um of of how this happens um and as a side note as a side note you can kind of look at this dynamic this is actually what um other predatorial and you know again always uh, trying to reflect the mass scale uh model uh, with the individual model, um, people like drug dealers and pimps and things like that, what do they do? First of all, they take an, a damaged individual. So on, in, on the mass scale, you've got, you know, government is coercing you. It's, it's threatening you with violence all the time. You're, you're scared, you're afraid, you're, you're, you know, traumatized by that. And then they, they're offering you a, uh, an escape by, by giving you drugs and then what's that going to do then you're dependent on the drug too so not only are you they're taking a wounded person that's already unwell then they're getting you addicted to something that's even more harmful for you simply to cope with the 
the trauma that you gave them in the first place. And then once they're addicted, then you got them in your pocket. You can, you can, you know, you can control them like a puppet on a string. Yeah. They get put in the system, they go to prison, they become, you know, slave labor. And, and it's the entire system of, of prey versus predator, you know, and, and this is something we really want to analyze here because it's, Fundamentally, when you break it down to the premise of what's happening, that that is what it's about: is a group of uh, a small class of human beings that are interspecies predators preying on other people and exploiting them. Uh, so, and you know, another way we can look at this here is uh, their vehicles are becoming discreet. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have noticed this. I know I definitely have that. Uh, police vehicles are now becoming more and more discreet. You know, um, and what is that? You know, it's a, it's a form of camouflage. Um, and we, again, tying this back, we can see this, uh, uh, many predators, you know, use camouflage to, uh, hide from their prey so that they can increase their chances of, uh, success in a hunt. Um, and this is, uh, something that is also from the magical perspective, what is known as war magic. Um, this has been employed for a very long, you know, very long time, but uh, a very uh, probably, I think, one of the most interesting cases that people could look at, and this is a, a whole subject on its own, uh, is the, the case of Jasper, uh, Jasper Masculine. And uh, he was known as the war illusionist and uh, had what was known as the magic game um, in World War II. And they created many, many different illusions that actually were very uh, key and important in winning the war. Um, you know, like he uh, created the uh, an illusion of the port of Alexandria so the Germans would bomb the fake one instead of the actual city of Alexandria. Um, he, uh, you know, he moved, uh, made it look like there was a fake army so uh, the German forces would actually, they went and adjusted and moved their forces to attack the fake army. Meanwhile, while the real one uh, snuck and moved into a position, um, you know, I mean, there's so, so many different examples of things he did. So I really encourage people to look into him. Uh, but very interesting. Yeah. Using illusion to be able to actually uh, get what you want and how that can be used in different ways. But we see them absolutely employing these techniques. It's um, sorcery. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Darth, Especially yeah, in, this, in this in this context, when you're right. you're using it to, uh, you know, to prey on your victims. Mm-hmm. more successfully by right. using illusion and deception basically right um yeah and and you can see this you know again with all the gaslight and what it is it's creating an illusion deception um you know it's all a form of magic and mind control uh so they can then prey on people and then have those people thank them for their service mm-hmm. if you, you know. look at even like um the police cars in like uh you know england and the uk and, and things like that uh, they're they're white and they have like neon green colors and the, you know the, all the cops wear like reflective neon color vests and stuff like that and I mean yeah they're they're a police state over there too but at least you can see the the contrast of like hey if you need help you know in a situation like they're easily seen they're you can identify them you know versus camouflage and you know, blacked out, hiding behind a bridge and Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And uh, again, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, um, you know, uh, the police is obviously one of the the top fields that uh, psychopaths are drawn towards. Um, And we can also look at, you know, just um, 
I think another interesting uh, thing to look at is uh, the the rate of domestic abuse. Um, and there were two studies done on this uh, that uh, indicated about roughly about 40% of police families uh, experience abuse by the officer um, as compared to about 10% of uh, families that experience abuse in the general population. Because um, then you can look at you know people who are obviously uh, so used to using authority and using violence to get their will, and then they have a whole system, you know, that thin blue lie to hide behind. Um, they can, you know, use abuse more and then get away with it because they can have their buddies that will back them up, you know, um, mm -hmm. and they can hide behind that badge, um, that illusion. Right. And um, that's, yeah, that's one of those things you can kind of look at, like, as a, you know, an, an it's a symptom that indicates the mentality you know right. um it you you can look at that on the surface and say oh oh that's terrible you know but then you you start looking at the you know you pull back and look at the bigger picture what is the pattern here is that um it, it says two things a that the people that we're trusting to enforce the law in a justified balanced you know rational manner are very violent people who harm people that they love you know their 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 spouse you know look at you know their children the people the very people that they even as human beings not as police officers but as human beings they're supposed to love more than anyone else they're vi violently vi you know violating them and so what does that say about the civilian that they've already separated themselves in 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 <clears throat> the euphemism there as well but the other thing that it says is that these are the type of people that these positions of power are going to attract. Mm -hmm. That it, there's, it, it's not just a coincidence that they, you know, that there's, there's a correlation there. It's right. that violent people are drawn to those type of jobs, those positions of power. Right. And, you know, I think what you're hitting on, you know, with the family dynamic, what we can look at, what was one of the main points um, in the definition of the psychopath, they can't form meaningful social relationships. Mm. Yeah, you know, because right. they're lacking that empathy, that compassion. They have that elevated narcissism to the point that they they believe it's okay to use violence against uh, against others to enforce their will on other people. Mm. Um, very interesting to look at, and I think another gas uh, example of gaslighting we could look at here is when you know we hear this the war on police or you know the police their jobs are so dangerous and they risk their lives. Uh, well, you can look up statistically the most dangerous jobs. Uh, and and they're not even on the list. Uh, you know, you have people like logging workers and fishermen and uh, aircraft pilots, uh, construction workers, uh, steel workers, truck drivers, Mr. Logan, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. farmers, you know, uh, people in construction, you know, ground main, you know, all, all these just yeah. jobs that lots and lots of people do. They're all statistically, you know, this is proven way more dangerous than being a, a police officer. Um, right. But, so, so you need we need to observe the uh, the dynamics here of like the sort of the stigma and the accolades that comes with service members, um, you right. know, police and military, and how they're almost deified. I mean, to a sick degree, uh, you know. To me, that just screams Stockholm syndrome. The fact that we put them on such a pedestal, you know, disproportionately to other other jobs. I mean, you don't hear people talking that way about doctors or 
you know, anything like that nearly to the same degree. It's like police and military are just like worshipped in, especially in this country. I you know, I can't speak for other countries. I don't live there, but I've definitely observed it in this one. And then you look at, you know, you know, and treated as heroes. And then you look at the actual statistics of, you know, what, what are they actually risking what are they actually sacrificing and like like brian said they're not even in the top 10 list and and ironically my job is number seven out of ten so i'm more of a hero than a police officer because i i deliver your produce and chicken and stuff like that i mean you know i don't i don't get free meals i'll tell you that much not for my job (laughs) yeah um, so, you know, and, and this is a, a point that we can look at is that when, you know, their job isn't that dangerous, but when they do uh, go into a dangerous situation, they're the ones putting themselves in that or they are creating those situations. For example, you know, if you're pulling someone over and then, you know, uh, what's one of the first things they ask you? Oh, do you have a weapon in the car? You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, if you're worried about a dangerous situation, weapon being in the car, maybe just not create that fucking situation in the first place. Um, so they put themselves there as a way of trying to, you know, create that that need for them because that will then justify their existence and that that bullshit narrative that they're trying to sell to everybody else and to themselves. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. 